You're listening to episode 191 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and if you're listening to this, you're probably a maverick like me. How convenient because I literally made the show just for you. I'm a business scaling strategist that's been in the game for almost a decade now, and I'm weirdly passionate about helping impact-driven entrepreneurs, business owners, brands, and go-getters scale their businesses and their lives. Imagine taking your impact, your income, and your freedom of time to the levels that you can only dream about. Making your mission known to the world and mastering your business strategy so you don't have to keep on trading dollars for hours. I built two two comma businesses doing what I love, what I believe in, and a lot of that has to do with teaching you how to do the same. We drill down on strategy, but we know that it takes more than just business tactics to live the life that you envision. So we go deep on health optimization, mindset, leadership, relationships, and just being that scaled up version of you who is primed and ready to step into your purpose and peak performance. Some days I record this bad Larry from my closet to escape my three littles, and some days I'm down at my barn office on our 12-acre farm. So do me a favor, grab your notebook and a pen and your favorite bevy, and let's get to the show. We're coming to an end of an era, folks. This show has been such a gift to me, and hopefully it's offered value to you as well. So today, to commemorate the last few years of scaling up before we slowly start to phase out this show in preparation for our big launch of our new podcast that is coming to market with fire and fury. We wanted to do a best of episode. You guys have been asking, which ones were the best ones? Where should I start? Well, we wanted to compile some of our favorite episodes with the most wisdom and guidance packed in. So if you're looking for an episode that is going to be loaded with nuggets of gold, this is the episode for you. Make sure that you go to elizabethhartkey.com forward slash big news so that you can follow along when we officially launch our new episode. The trailer will be coming out soon. We're getting backed by wonderful people who are so excited about this new mission that we're on. Thank you for being patient with me as I remain cryptic, but we want this to make a big splash. So as much as I love scaling up and we're going to keep these episodes alive and well so you guys can continue to glean the business wisdom from each episode, you are definitely going to want to come along for the ride for what's next. Okay, enjoy this best of episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. And so for all of you listening, I'm roughly early six figures and have six courses. I have these courses that probably make up 60, 60, 70% of my revenue. The rest of it is private coaching. That's, you know, hourly clients. I have a couple exclusive clients that I'll meet with like once a month as well. That's the revenue stream. The way I am growing my platform is on my podcast, first and foremost. Secondly is Instagram. And then lastly is Pinterest and my, my website really grow quickly. So that's my business in in a a nutshell. So Elizabeth's going to help me kind of break this down. How can I grow? How can I scale? What needs to be streamlined or fixed? And so that way you guys have the background as well. So yeah, Elizabeth, coach me, girl. Like I'm (laughs) open-hearted, open ears, ready to learn from you. Awesome. Well, first I want to celebrate you for your transparency and your vulnerability of sharing numbers. I know that's a really hard thing, but you're killing it. So that hopefully makes it a little easier. I feel to, really good to about it. it. I'm like, I'm you really happy with where we are. Yeah. 
So before I can coach you in anything, this is like the first step with anyone that I work with, no matter what level they're at, I need to know your heart stuff. Like I need to know what is that original dream? Like picture the day down to what you can smell in the air, like what you feel brushing across your skin, like what you're wearing how your day plays out. Like I get goosebumps even just saying this to you because it's so, I want it to be so tangible. What does that day look like? And what is the dream of the impact you're making the mission? Like in a world where nothing could hold you back in a vacuum where you create exactly what God put on your heart. What is that thing? Sure. And I love that because I call that a vision statement. And so I do those every single year. And the craziest thing is that almost every year they're achieved, which is crazy, but I haven't Mm -hmm. done it like for the ideal angle. So, okay. I think the way that this would be is in that day, I'm still in the home that I'm in, but it's completely paid off. Every single thing in our lives are debt-free. I am making right at seven figures And the reason that I want to be making seven figures is because I can do infinitely more good on this world. So I don't want stress of finances. I want to be able to buy a new car for my cleaning lady because her car, the hood doesn't work. Like I want to be able to tithe at an extreme level. I want to be able to pour into children that need help and these you know, nonprofits that I, that I want to give to and charity. And I want to be able to do that without blinking. And I know that Mm -hmm. seven figures will make that a reality. I want to create amazing, stable jobs for a team of people. And right now I can only help freelancers, less than a handful of freelancers in my business. I want to create full-time jobs where I am pouring into other people and they can learn from me and be part of a team that grows with me. And I want to pay them really exceptionally well. I want to like surprise them with a trip to Puerto Vallarta, all inclusive for a week. And that's how we go and team build. So I want that in that kind of picture of my life. Mm -hmm. I just want all of those things financially. And I still want my lifestyle that it is today. And this is where I struggle. Maybe this is my fear is that I want to be able to have all of that without having to travel 24 hours all the time without all of a sudden mommy's really successful. So now she's not here anymore without my husband and I fighting because I'm not present or he feels left behind or any of those things. I still want to like live as if I am today, but scale Mm -hmm. that big. And I think that's why I'm so stuck on these courses growing exponentially for me. That's the end goal. And the reason, the impact is to touch millions of women with my podcast, with my my heart showing them that they can be successful as mothers, as female entrepreneurs, they can create online businesses that are in their own voice and that they can be successful in any dream that God has planted in their heart. That's beautiful. And I'm, I feel like privileged to get to, to see that heart. And it's so funny. I had this moment when you were talking where I literally flashed back to a conversation I had with my husband a few years ago that I can hardly even say it like without getting teary eyed. I said to him, I don't know where this is coming from because I'm not motivated by money. I did this exercise where I sat down and I wrote out like, just pour out what you want onto that paper. And I literally wrote the words, I want stupid amounts of money, not so I can change a single thing in my own life, but I can change everyone else's. And you just said it. And it's such a, like people like you are a gift to the world because you don't need 
more stuff, bigger things. But having that ability to do things with the phrase that I said to my husband without batting an eye. Yeah. So that's beautiful. So I want to challenge you for a second. You started to talk about a fear of like mommy not being here, not being a present wife. Let's say vacuum again, okay, for a quick sec. None of that's a reality. What are you doing? Are you speaking on stages? Are you doing book tours? Are you like, what are the things that you're a little afraid of like going there because you're afraid of those things you just talked about? Okay. Funny you say book tour. I've, since I was little, my, my mom would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? An author, an author, an author. My first vision board I ever made was me standing on a platform. I actually pasted my face on someone else. Obviously I'm standing on a stage (laughs) holding up my best-selling book. Okay. That I haven't written that I don't know what it's going to be about, but there's always been this vision. So it's funny you say book because I'm a million percent going to do that in the next five years of my life. And so, you know, I'm afraid it's the travel piece. And I think that goes back to network marketing. We had had to do these events and I had to go as a leader, sit in the front row and I had to be there for seven full days instead of three days like everyone else. And I felt so much resentment towards that, like being forced to travel when I didn't want to, or when I felt guilty. And the only time that my husband ever has any pushback with me is travel. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going again. You have this other thing again. And I hate confrontation. So I'm like, if I just avoid travel, because I don't care. I don't need, I don't need to travel to be excited and, and, and excited in my life. But I know that to impact millions of women, I'm going to have to show up in different places. And I think I am scared of that. What if, Steph, you were at a level where people came to you? Well, yeah, so- that'd be amazing. <laughs> And what if you were at a level where your husband, maybe that fear or that confrontation between you and your husband when you have to travel, is it coming from a place that he, this guy is grinding at in his corporate job every day working. He wants his wife when he comes home. But if you're jet setting, he doesn't get you on those weekends. If he didn't have that stress of that job and the life where he has to leave his family every day, but he had you guys all the time. And then you traveled as a family to those events and they're front and center cheering their mother on. Is that a different ball game? Do you think? Yeah. That makes me so emotional because I never thought about that. Cause you never let yourself go big enough. Yeah. Yeah. Never for a second let that you just have to think outside the box. Don't let those fears and limited thinking stop you from pouring into the world what the Lord literally it's your birthright, Stephanie. Yeah. So yeah. you just have you haven't dreamt big enough yet. Oh man. Whoa. <laughs> I had never even considered that before, but when I picture that. Like that is the right picture, mm-hmm. right? It's the kids they are with me. It's them like traveling and maybe grandma comes too and everybody's part of it instead of this is me alone, lonely and leaving them behind. Like, I think that's, that's so important for me. That vision that you just created, of pulling them with me on that, on that journey and maybe creating that maybe less work for him or part-time or, and he may want to still work, but he could still travel with me. Like, why did I never even consider that as, as an option? Cause we put ceilings on ourselves and we don't even know it. Like yeah. it's this, it's a subconscious thing and you've made it really far. Yeah. So it's, 
you're thinking just next step. And I actually think, and I do this with a lot of my clients now that one year goals I find to be limiting. We do like three, five, 10, because that one year it's, that's a flash in the pan. You know that you have kids, you see how quick things change, right? You've got to go bigger and give yourself that gift to let your mind wander to those crazy places because they're not that crazy. I love it. I think a lot of people, I, I like that, that whisper, right? Because we all hear it. And sometimes sometimes mm-hmm. it's shut at us and we're like, shut up. But we want to listen to it. Like, what was the thing that allowed you to step back and say, I'm whisper? Because, you know, there's some people like, hey, Elizabeth sounds good, but I'm, I'm, I have this going on. I'm stuck here. I don't have this ability. Maybe someone who wants to start a business, but there's some excuse they have floating in their head. Or maybe someone's in the business. They're like, yeah, I'm so ingrained in this, like they're addicted to that struggle. What do you say to that person who just is not open to trying something different just yet? Yeah. Oh, I hear that. Addicted to that struggle. I think that's so valid because that's sometimes that's all we know. Like that hustle, that midnight hustle. I remember when I was working full time and getting my business off the ground like 10 years ago, trying to figure it out. And it was that midnight hustle. And like, I didn't know what to do with myself if I wasn't working myself to the bone, because that's what I thought you did as an entrepreneur. But what I would challenge someone to do, first of all, that whisper will eventually become a scream. So it's like right now, it's like little raindrops landing on your head gently, like, hey, listen to me. Eventually, it's literally going to be like in the cartoons when the piano or the anvil falls out of the window from like 10 stories up and smashes over your head with something far bigger than you ever wanted to deal with. So I started to listen to the whisper because it took me having to listen to the screams for a while. All those things, those shifts in life that were really painful and really hard to work through. Like when I would try to start businesses or do things that just like weren't fitting me and my value system, that became a really big thing. But to the person that's kind of sitting there feeling a little bit stuck or like they don't know what to do, I would take a step back. And I would, I do this process with my clients. I don't care if you are a Fortune 500 CEO. I don't care if you're brand new to this and just getting a business off the ground. If you're a mom trying to start something on the side, it doesn't matter. I do my future forecasting formula where we go back to basics and we say, okay, what, what's the vision for your life here? Like, what's the dream in a vacuum? If doubt and fear and society and all these things weren't loud and trying to tell you which direction to go in. What would your days look like? Who would you be with? I know it sounds really trivial and I know it sounds a little cliche, but this exercise has literally transformed my clients' businesses because all of a sudden it completely changes their trajectory. They start doing things differently based on what they ultimately want. So I would help that person get back in touch with their value system. Like what is it that feels good? What is it that your passions are and how can we extract and even do some excavation of maybe like what's under the surface that really should be brought into the light because it's legit etched on your soul. Like you are meant to do this and the world needs it. We need to do more of that. Yeah, I agree. The world is always, I think that the greatest things that we experience in the world and the worst are people, right? And then mm-hmm. some of the best, I mean, all of my best moments are interacting with people who are great human beings, whether it's taking a trip with somebody, great conversation, just listen to something like it's, it's people in full expression. So you can be that. I'm not just talking about you, like every you listening, you can be that if you choose to then open up. And then I always have like, I just, I'm going on the journey as I'm, what I'm doing, I'm packing my internals as you, as you talk through this. I'm like, I, I know this, this so intimately, this journey, right? So 
there's going to be a point that someone hits a roadblock, right? So someone's listening right now and they'll say, okay, great, I've done that. And, and, and along that journey, or I may hit that point, what do you say to do when you get stuck? Because there's always that point in like, I don't know what to do now. I, I redid my vision. I get my vision board out. I crafted this and I went down this path and holy crap, this feels similar to the thing I had when I started. What do I do now? Like what, what's that step when somebody's opened up, they're now moving and they get hit in like that roadblock wall. Yeah, I think it's one thing that always ticks me off is when I've had those moments of struggle and people have been like, oh, did you read this book? Or you should listen to more personal development or really tap into that why again, or look at your vision board. All of those things are great, but they're kind of supplemental. Like you can't replace food with supplements, right? Like you still need the the wholesome nutrition. Like to me, the wholesome nutrition, like when you're butting your head up against a wall and you really have tried a lot of the things, do not do what I've done many times before, which is make yourself an island. You need, you might be in business for yourself. You should not be in business by yourself. You need to lean into community or mentors. Once my husband, Michael, and I started doing this, this quarterly planning process. We quickly realized that it would work better for us to have touch points every month, but quarterly we do the big deep dives where we block off an entire day, yes, like an entire work day to do full-on quarterly planning, but we now find it really beneficial to do a half day monthly outside of the quarterly visits that we have or connections to go over stuff because it, it helps us to do simple little pivots if we're getting off track versus if you wait multiple months, sometimes you have to pivot more than you want and it's a little bit tougher. But if you're checking in every month, seeing where you're at on your benchmarks of your whole life and your business, it's a lot easier to tweak than if you're like, man, I thought I was moving in this direction. And then like three, four months later, I checked in and realized I was going in the wrong direction. Now I have to like, totally redo stuff that I was doing or change how I'm doing things, that can be a lot more stressful. So we do this every month. But the process for us, I want to lay the foundation of this process because I think this is as important as the actual planning itself. The first piece of the process, get out of your house. Whether you have children or not, get out of your house. You need to be away from the distractions and the obligations that come with being at home. So especially if you have children like we do, we've got to get out of the house because we can't do this process distracted. We can't do this process with, you know, kids pulling at us and it feeling stressful. Even if you don't have kids, you have laundry and you have dishes and you have whatever else that's, you know, nagging at you. So find a neutral space that you can go take up space for multiple hours Uh, we go to the library and we just block off a room, like a conference room. You can go to a restaurant if they can give you like a kind of a more private space, a cafe, whatever, but you want a neutral environment where you're not distracted and you want to find a way to make this fun and something that you look forward to. If this just becomes like a budgeting meeting or something like who the heck wants to go to that? But if you're like, this is kind of like our day date. Like we look forward to it in that way. Or even if you're doing this with a team member, it's like, this is our time to break away from all the crazy business stuff and just to dream and plan and make sure we're on the right track and be inspired. 
That's how we look at it. This is a really inspiring day for us. Now, some more ground rules. Very important. Gonna sound silly? Very important. Bring snacks. Healthy snacks. You hear me? This is a key because especially if you're doing this with your spouse, if you're locked in a library room for like six, seven hours and you are not doing something to keep your blood sugar up, you are going to get hangry. And hangriness doesn't lend itself to inspiration, nor does it lend itself to a positive environment with your spouse. Bring healthy, quality snacks, all right? And smuggle them in because the library usually doesn't let you bring them. Don't tell our library. And set the tone and the intention for the day. Even before you guys leave the house, build up the energy around it. Get excited about the fact that you guys are planning your future. Like this is the the vehicle to get to the dream, okay? So this is a really exciting day. This isn't about just like the boring, tangible, tactical calendar stuff, although that does get included into the process. This is about going for the dream. And I want you to schedule these on the calendar for the entire year. So if you're going to do it quarterly, schedule the four meetings you're going to have ahead of time and don't let things take precedent over them. Treat them like they are an important meeting that cannot be changed within reason. Obviously things come up, but you get the point because they, they do deserve that level of respect and attention. And if you don't give them that and they just become like, yeah, I don't want to try for Friday. And then Friday comes, you're like, crap, I forgot to block it off. I already have this thing. It's not going to happen. And wherever you're having this session, I recommend at least one whiteboard and notebooks so you can kind of flesh out ideas on the whiteboard, but then keep more specific notes and dates in case you have to erase them off the whiteboard. You know, you can take them off the whiteboard and put them in your notebook. And if you want to, you can have an agenda too. Not something super strict where it's like 11, 20, we're talking about this, but more of like, these are the things that we're going to get through today. And this is the order in which it's going to allow us to like build momentum and get to the, the end goal of this process. As you get set up in your space, if it helps to have music playing, great, whatever you got to do. The things that you want to revisit each quarter are things like, first of all, your vision, right? So at some point, maybe in the first quarter, you're setting and casting the vision for the entire year and for far beyond it, like the vision for your lives. And this is why it's so key to bring your spouse into this process or your significant other, uh, if that makes sense for you, or if you're single, a team member or someone that can do this with you. Because that vision can't just be held in your heart, right? This vision includes and encompasses other people. And especially if you're married, you don't want to be cat like creating this vision that doesn't include your spouse. I see this all the time where these, like, there's a reason that a lot of entrepreneurs end up driving a wedge in their marriage. And this is a whole other podcast episode that I'm happy to do if people are interested, but it's this, they create their vision alone. But their vision can't be lived alone. You can't assume that your spouse will want all the exact same things and then you cast this big vision that you set your heart on and you go after in your own lane, not including the people who are part of your life. You want to go over your personal goals, family goals, and business goals. So this quarterly planning session really is about the whole person. If you are only ever focusing on business metrics, what's required to get to the business metrics. I hope you have a low expectation for the other categories of your life.
So first off, there are amazing experts out there in the world delivering so much value, doing so many great things, and I love them all. But at the same time, there are those individuals and the red flags you kind of mentioned um, are, you know, listen, the path to success, it's secrets. You know, it's complicated, it's hidden, but for $1,997.97, I can unlock the path for you. And listen, it is just not the truth. The path to whatever your version of uncommon success is, your path to financial freedom and fulfillment, it is a very common path. Believe me, I've been on this path for a decade. I've interviewed over 3,000 successful entrepreneurs over the past 10 years. I have learned from every single one of those successful entrepreneurs, and we all have one thing in common. We have a very common path that we have trod upon to get to our different versions of uncommon success. We all have a different version, but we've all taken a very common path to get there. In fact, when I really wanted to boil down like what I've learned from these 3,000 plus uh, successful entrepreneurs I've interviewed and get it onto a piece of paper, it was 17 core foundational principles. Like I literally was like, there might be 400 of these things when I started off, like in just downloading everything. And, and, but it was, it was not. It was 17 core foundational principles that all successful entrepreneurs share. And I put those... 17 principles into a roadmap chronologically step by step and i wrote a book and that's my story and we can wrap it up there <laughs> i <laughs> i i want to go back in time a little bit because this is kind of one of those scenarios where you know people see you're going to they're going to see your book come out i guarantee it's going to make a big splash and then make a ripple effect in the world with the content that's within it and people will have that illusion of like look at him, like at some point he became an overnight success. I want to talk about the journey there for a minute. And there was something that you mentioned in the book of this idea that you weren't living a life of value or service or gratitude, and you were focused more on the money or the fame or the notoriety or the, you know, being validated in your work. At some point, you must have come across this realization of like, oh my gosh, this is not success. Like I've been defining this incorrectly. So can you talk a little bit about the path before you came to that realization and what that looked like and then maybe what that tipping point was for you when you had that aha moment of, wait a minute, I'm looking at this through the wrong lens. Well, after those 18 glorious months in Maine, um, I went to Providence College on an army scholarship. So I spent four years as a cadet and then I did a eight year um, active duty component. Actually, four years were active duty and four years in the active reserves. And during that time, you know, I had a 13-month tour of duty in Iraq. I was a tank commander in charge of four tanks, 16 men, you know, in Fallujah, Iraq, like real deal, holy field stuff. Learned a lot there and really did kind of learn one thing, which was, you know, I definitely want to be in a situation where I can be financially free because like then I can dictate my own terms and I don't have to necessarily be, you know, in an environment where I'm putting myself at like life or death risk you know, just to make a buck, so to speak. So when I got out, I was like, I'm going to go make a lot of money. So I went to law school and I hated it and I dropped out. I tried corporate finance because I thought you could be really financially successful there. And after a year, I walked out the door. I just quit. You know, I tried real estate, both residential and commercial. None of it was working for me. I just wasn't finding any success. And to your direct question, 
like there was a moment that happens at 32 years old. So to be very clear, what I just went through was six years of struggle. So from 26 to 32, I did all those things that failed. The law school, the corporate finance, the real estate. Not six weeks, not six months. That was six years of struggle. But at 32, I started educating myself by reading the right books, by listening to the right podcasts. And this quote by Albert Einstein is really the quote that changed everything for me because here was a guy who was brilliant and successful sharing his wise words of try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. And I said, wait a second, have I literally been doing it all wrong all of these years? Because I've just been trying to be successful. I thought that was the whole point of life, like become a success. And then I was like, well, what does he mean by becoming a person of value? What does that even mean? And I realized I was missing something if I didn't even know what being a person of value meant. And so it was in that moment, I committed to myself, I am going to become a person of value. And I did not know what that meant. I did not know what that looked like at the time, but it planted a seed that then did sprout to launching Entrepreneurs on Fire, which you know over the past decade has now grown to you know, a media empire of 3,000 plus episodes, 100 million listens, 1.4 million listens every single month. Um, you know, over 91 months in a row now of over $100,000 of net profit. So financially successful as well. It all came from that one quote, from that one idea of, well, what would it actually look like to become a person of value? And like, to your point of like, not, you know, it's, it, it did not happen overnight. In fact, I start, I launched a podcast and I recorded 400 episodes before I made any real money. I mean, I made like $27,000 the first year of doing a daily podcast. And like, not that that's a small amount, like, but you know, that would have been, you know, challenging to live the kind of life that I was looking to live if that had continued until I hit that inflection point. And then the revenue started coming in at a much higher level, but not overnight. Like that was, you know, a long time in the making. And like a quote that I love is all overnight successes are 10 years in the making. So was that moment when you kind of had that light bulb moment, I remember reading in the book about you were kind of seeing how other podcasters were doing it. And you're listening to these people, you know, interview successful people. And you're like, man, I kind of want to binge this stuff. Like I would be listening in every day. So from that need in the market, you created Entrepreneurs on Fire. Was that kind of your first true action step in becoming that person of value? Like you saw a need that you were filling through this new channel? That's exactly what it was, is because I loved the medium of podcasting. Like I got it right away as a consumer, just as a listener. Like I understood that like, wow, this is special. This is free. This is on demand. This is targeted content. You can listen to what you want, where you want. And you know, it doesn't cost a dime. Like this is amazing. Because at the time I was living in San Diego, driving around, like being forced to listen to the San Diego Padres on sports talk radio, which I had no interest in or turning, you know, to the top 40 and hearing Miley Cyrus talking about, you know, partying the USA, like it's a great song once, but like, you know, 100 times, like, come on. So I was like, wow, like how are more people not just like consuming podcasts like this all the time? Because like now I'm like almost looking forward to getting into my car and commuting to work because I get to listen to these great, inspiring, awesome conversations. It's like, it's unbelievable. And then I started asking myself, well, how could I get more involved with this? And then, you know, the one question that I asked that was so meaningful and so insightful in hindsight, I didn't know it at the time, but I said, well, like, what is missing in the podcast world that I really wish existed? 
And when I sat down and tried to answer that question, you know, a lot of like little things came up. But the biggest thing was, well, when I complain to other people about podcasts, it's always about how the shows that I like the most are just coming out with one episode per week. Like these people are interviewing successful entrepreneurs and each one of those 25, 35 minute conversations are so unbelievably valuable. But like, I got to wait six days after I listen to one for the next episode to be published. Like, where's the daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs so that every morning when I wake up and I'm about to go into my J-O-B, like I know there's a fresh episode waiting for me with an inspiring entrepreneur. And when that show did not exist and I looked in the directories for it and it wasn't anywhere, I said, well, I've heard about this other quote by Gandhi that says, be the change you want to see in the world. And I'm like, I can be that change. I can be that change in this world. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. Um, but you know, it set me off on a journey to launch the first daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. Which makes my brain explode because, you know, I have a show that launches twice a week and I feel like, oh, some weeks it's like, man, how the getting this content. So I give you all the props for the fact that you found a system to batch those episodes and make sure that that value is coming out into the market. Do you feel like that's kind of where entrepreneurs are going wrong or why there's a pretty significant percentage of entrepreneurs that are failing is because they're not looking for that value that they can add in the market, but instead, you know, coming from the angle of like, what's in it for me? What can I get out of this? What can I create that's going to serve me versus turning outward and, and seeking to serve others? Why I believe most entrepreneurs are struggling, those that are, is because of one simple sentence. They are not providing the best solution to a real problem. Yeah. Those people who are providing the best solution to a real problem are winning because people will beat a path to your doorstep when you provide the best solution because they want the number one solution. They don't want the second best, the 10th best, the 400th best. They want the number one solution to a real problem. And if you can provide that, you will win. And people do not understand that. And instead, they're just launching weak, pale imitations of other entrepreneurs and they're failing as a result because nobody wants a weak, pale imitation of somebody else that's successful. They want the person that's successful, like they're already getting it from that person. So you've got to look at life that way. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is? You know, there's so many entrepreneurs out there starting their own businesses, starting podcasts. What is the underlying thing that they want to achieve more than anything in their life? Like, we know what they say they want. They want money or freedom or this or that. But like, what's what do you think the thing is that's really driving them? Well, they all want different things. And that's mm-hmm. fine. Like, that's the surface level. Like, you want different things than I want. And I want different things than X, Y, and Z person wants. And like, that's surface level one. But when you really go down six layers and you say like, what is it that you really really wants. You want freedom. Mm -hmm. You really want the freedom to do these three things. What you want to do, where you want to do it, with whom you want to do it with. If you have those three things working for you, you have that freedom, you have that success, you have achieved a lot of what you want to achieve. Because guess what? That is exactly the things that people crave when they don't have it. When people aren't doing what they want, they're craving the ability to do what they want. When they're not where they want to be, they're craving to be where they want to be. And when they're not, you know, with who they want to be with, they're craving to be with who they want to be with. 
And when you can put all those three things together and be living that specific life, you got it. You got it made. So it, I know the feeling of frustration when you know you have something, it's beyond just like, I want to build this business. It's like, I am, this is a vocation. Like I am called to do this, but I can't seem to figure out how to breathe true life into it. So talk about that piece of it for a minute. <laughs> we just made this now what I realize is a hilarious assumption that if you build it, they will come because oh, yeah. we, we had done all that legwork and we'd spent years developing the protocol and doing the formal academic research. And we are total nerds for this stuff. And we thought, well, that's going to be all that we need. I mean, and we had the testimonials and we thought that's it. This is going to take off like instantly because we did all those things. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. And so with that in mind, you know, we're going into our first launch and we just like the sales are going to roll in. Right. I mean, so we like do the launch and we're sitting here and it's crickets, crickets. <laughs> and we're like, Oh no, this isn't good. We ended up with eight sales, which was a drop in the bucket compared to what we spent on all of the back end. Um, yeah, professional videos, website. I yeah. mean, we had, we thought we were so prepared and we had everything set up and we'd been doing Facebook live shows. We thought we'd been, you know, well, and I think it's important to say, you know, we were having a little convo before this podcast, like the vision work never ends. Right. But we had like already checked that off the list because we did it in person. So we knew who our ideal client was, right. We knew who we were servicing, but when we moved this puppy online using that same language, we got the freaking, God bless them. We got the 70 and 80 year olds. We still don't understand how we were getting those women when we were running digital ads on Facebook. But it's like all the women our age were like, here, mama, here you go, grandma. Like, here's a program for you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wait, what I'm telling you, I spent an hour on the phone (laughs) trying to get one of these women just through the checkout page to purchase a digital program. I was like, Christina, please stop. This lady is not (laughs) going to be able to do this program. Oh my gosh. Stuff going on. And then, you know, we checked off branding from the list where we spent the time to sit down we with the designer. To create a logo. We did our logo, yep. right? We had our colors and boom, branding done. Well, not so much, <laughs> you know? And so we needed more clarity. We needed to go back to the vision work and, and really get more clarity about how to attract the demographic that we really wanted online and the messaging that was going to appeal to them and how to even go about finding that out, you know, which, you know, I've, I've run multiple businesses before. You can always invest a lot of time and energy in figuring that out for yourself. But when you have something that you're so passionate about, you know, is revolutionary, you want to quicken that process. Right. And, and so well, you know, here we are. These, I mean, in hindsight, it's hilarious. Here we are, these clinicians. I mean, I'm a physical therapist. I'm Jen's an exercise, an exercise physiologist. Yeah. yeah, like we own our practices, but I, it's hilarious. We really thought we were just going to have this in the bag because of all the stuff we had done on the clinical side. Right. <laughs> and, 
just so what what would the trajectory have been had you kept on trucking the way you were trucking I really don't think we would have been able to afford to stay in business I don't think we would have even made it this far Mm -mm. because the the there was no traction yep there was no momentum nothing was building we were screaming from the mountaintop we felt like we were screaming from the mountaintop and nothing was resonating with any of the women we were trying to speak to and we had no idea how um off base our our messaging was and and again you know one of the things that i love about working with you liz is the laser coaching that you provide i call it like you know as clinicians, we do a lot of diagnostics, right? You do business diagnostics. You looked at our website, you looked at our social and you were like, boom, here's what you need to do. Here's the strategy. So it doesn't just stay high level. I love that you dive in and give us the strategy behind it as to how to implement it. That means the world to me Yeah, because I was, I was super skeptical when Jen came to me and said, (laughs) we need to join this mastermind. And I'm going, Okay. I mean, is this going to be just a lot of like marketing theory? Cause like I can go read that in a book that is not going to help me if, you know, and you know, Jen's one, no, this is not, this is not that kind I'm of like, thing. This girl is smart, she's sharp, and she's like a tell it like it is girl. Like she's going to, you know, we're going to put our big girl panties on and, and get to work here. This go is ahead. what I, this is like what I said, like you guys are like my confidence boosters. Just keep going. Just keep going. I'll I'll listen. (laughs) Well, I could just go on and on. It's all just true. I mean, I feel like you've saved us from ourselves in all the ways we most desperately needed it. Um, Massive tweak and adjust to so many different things. I mean, we we have a list here. You know, revamping our website, dialing in our avatar, improving our marketing messages. We've created actually five opt-ins nurture email sequences, improving our sales emails, thanks to many of the different folks that you brought in to speak in the mastermind, Um, beginning to grow our list organically, um, upgraded our branding, improved our social media strategy, learned an effective launch plan and strategy, and the thing that we're geeking out about lately is learning how to craft pitches to different media outlets to really gain that credibility and grow our list. And that that messaging. I mean, I, I know we've made a lot of progress. I know we still have work to do on that because we started from such a low point. (laughs) That's all in six months. And honestly, we could go on and on. I mean, it's crazy what the value and truly the change, I mean, we've grown our, our social media list 50%. Wow. And that's really, we just made that branding shift, what, five weeks ago? Not, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, I am. I'm just so proud of you ladies, though, because, I mean, I've worked with plenty of people. Not everybody gets gets to business like you guys do. Like you had, you, you're like, just tell me what I need to do and I'm going to do it. And you implement it. You're so coachable. And I think that's one of the keys is that we come into it. Like you, your expertise is incredible just because this is like, this is why I say all the time, you can never judge the level of success or wisdom or knowledge or expertise based on someone's social media following or, or their website, because you have no idea who's behind that. The same way you can't look at someone who has a massive social media following and automatically assume they know what they're doing. 
they might know how to grow a social media account. It doesn't mean that they are, they really stand behind what they're selling and what they offer. You guys are absolute experts in what you do. And you had the humility to come in and say, we're experts at what we do, but we're not experts at what, what you do. So teach us and we'll do it. And it's been so fun watching you guys just like bring so much energy to the table and you're just like the two of you together are an absolute force. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all of the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.